0: Crunch time. Crunch time. You're listening to Crunch Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Crunch time. Crunch, crunch time. All right, Kansas City, welcome to Crunch Time. It is Tim Gronard and Frank Follett. You guys know it's a Thursday night. It's Crunch Time. We got a lot to talk about today. We got a lot of fun things that are Bubbling up in Kansas City as we speak, and we'll talk a lot about that with the NFL draft coming to Kansas City here in a couple months, and and heck, uh, you know, free agency is uh, in full swing. Uh, the uh, salary cap issues, uh, you name it, uh, it's all starting to bubble up now as the NFL gets into full swing of the off season. But before we talk about that stuff, we got some other stuff I want to share with you. But we gotta. Talk a little bit about CBD American Shaman, Frank, our great sponsor. I want to thank CBD American Shaman, and once again, uh, they did a great job of, of helping out with Day 58, which is really, really important to me, uh, which I believe just ended, Frank. Uh, I, I, um, I it think did. it maybe ended uh, March 1st, but a very successful uh, day again, and uh, what that is was for 3rd and Long, and obviously Derek Thomas, who started 3rd and Long uh, 30-some years ago, uh, is uh, is still alive and well in our thoughts, our minds, and our prayers, and our hearts uh, as we do our 3rd and Long uh, 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 charity for him and his, his family and, and for the kids of Kansas City. Uh, but CPD American Shaman, always right there for all the different charities and uh you know listen you, you know you got some aches, you got some pains you got some anxiety you have some stress they got some stuff for you over at cbd america charm and don't forget you get 30 percent off right now at all the stores all over kansas city whether you want a topical cream or you're looking for a gummy or you're looking for you know some water solubles or some bath bombs or heck don't forget about vido and the pups uh they have all kinds of different treats for the dogs also and, Frank, uh, as you know, they have the Shaman uh, Wellness Center in Leewood, which is awesome. And when I get back to Kansas City, I'm getting ready to get my my next shot in my shoulder. It's, my shoulder's feeling great, but I, I could tell that, hey, just one more may put me over the top, and I might actually be able to reach up and grab something off the top shelf, which would be nice to do, Frank. Just as uh, long as you don't yeah. Duran
1: Haas punch me with that shoulder, it'll be just fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we want to thank our great friend, CB America Shaman. And here at the end of the show, Uh, We'll talk a little bit about some of the exciting things going on in Kansas City during the draft. And American Shaman uh, is uh, uh, a big player in one of them. We'll talk about and give you guys an opportunity to have some fun out at Harris Casino. But we'll talk about it a little bit later. But, Frank, I want to thank our great sponsor, CBD American Shaman.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, Just to keep those products coming, Jamie, and, uh, you know, all those great retail stores in the area. And don't forget tonight. Uh, for the next hour, till seven o'clock, they're all open until seven. I talked to a lot of these fine people down at the uh, Kansas City Golf Show uh, last weekend, and uh, spent some time in the booth on Friday and Saturday with them, and uh, talking about all the new stuff coming and everything that they're doing and how how good it's going. So uh, it's always good to touch base with them and uh, and just having some fun with them. But don't forget thirty percent off for this hour. Uh, from all your retail stores. Uh, And remember, Chiefs aren't playing right now, so you can't get any of those big discounts during the week except on Thursday night from 6 to 7. So save up and then stock up at that time. So it's the best time to do it.
0: Before we get to, uh, I got kind of an interesting story last night. Uh, about twelve thirty-five, uh we actually stayed up sarah and i and cj and oh and his my friend gosh I, I know <laughs> me up. Heck, I'm, at, I'm at bed by nine o'clock every night i'm not <laughs> i am not gonna bull crap eater i am an early riser i go to bed early that's just kind of what i've always done uh but we stay up to twelve thirty to watch the uh falcon nine starship go up and we'll talk about that here in a second but I got to hear about this, uh, this uh, golf show. I heard it was packed. I heard it was well attended. Talk to us about some of the cool things you saw going on. I know you're a huge golfer and, and uh, you're always trying to buy a game. I know that. So, uh,
1: <laughs> what? No, no, no. I'm always trying to play for free. Tim, get yeah. it right, okay? I'm not no, trying no. to buy anything.
0: <laughs> well, you, you play for free, but you always have the best technology so you can hit the ball farther. Oh, yeah,
1: right, right, speed. yeah, 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 uh, yeah, you sure. the
0: best golf ball So yeah. talk to us about some of the cool things you saw. What's, what's some of the things that are on the cusp here in the golf world that we should all know about?
1: Well, all the manufacturers were there, of course, you know, Callaway Titleist, the whole crew, they were all there showing off their new clubs. And every year they come out with a new club. And every year it goes from like, you know, two or three years ago Ago, it was like they had the first like $500 driver you know what i mean and $200 putter well now the drivers are like 800 and the putters are like five hundred, so my my technology game has gone down the toilet as as fast as the prices have risen. But they have the newest carbon, they have the new the new faces, they you know the give in the faces and the whole thing. And then you know using the right golf ball with the right golf club and doing all that sort of stuff. So they, it was all there. It's there every year. They come and do it. I always get at least one new pair of golf shoes every year at the uh, at the Kansas City golf show because I go through them because I walk when I play most of the time. Right. So I go through uh, golf shoes they only last one season for me. So the deal is I always go to the golf show, always get a new pair of um, of golf shoes and then, you know, if there's anything else in there if they've got some good deals on stuff. I've got something for you when you get back by the way too, a ball marker that you will love. <laughs> I got a right. ball marker that you will love. So I, awesome. I picked up one of those. I uh, picked up a couple other just little things. I didn't buy any clubs or anything. I'm just going to stick with what I got because no matter what kind of clubs I get, I ain't going to get any better. So we'll right. just, two questions. Yeah,
0: Quick question. One um, this ball marker, will it make my ball go closer to the hole when I putt?
1: Uh, not necessarily, no. Okay. All right.
0: Well, so uh, so I can keep it. I can't (laughs) miss market somehow, and it's a bigger one, so I can move it a little bit. You know, those those are the ones I like. I like the big ones, so it gives me another inch or two closer to the cup
1: you, you like by the mark. You like the dinner plates, as as my, yeah. as my buddies call them out at the, out of Heritage Park. <laughs> yeah, what are you using that dinner plate for? Where would you get that? And I go, oh, I got that at Royal County, Don. I always want them, you know, to go, oh, we hit you. Well, <laughs> no.
0: hey, you know what, uh, Frank, for you guys that don't know, Frank and I did a great uh, trip to Ireland with, uh, with Tom Freeman and, and Mike Garozzo a couple of years ago. And that we we're at Royal County Down. No, no, no. Actually, we are at Port Rush. Yeah, Royal and Port we, Rush, yeah. And we pulled up and um, <laughs> we saw something very unique. You know, at a golf course, you're used to seeing, oh, you could see some funny outfits and you might be able to, you know, see some really souped up golf carts. Now, listen, in Ireland, they don't have golf carts. You've got to walk. Got to walk. Uh, but, you know, they all get interesting things. How about a hearse with a body in it? The guy was a golfer, avid golfer, and wanted to have his friends have a last round of golf uh, on him uh, at the golf course. So when we pulled up, right in front of the doors was a, uh, a hearse with a casket in it. And anybody who's ever been to Europe, and especially Ireland, uh, they are like they're glass uh, caskets. I mean, not glass caskets, but glass hearse. So you can look right in. Uh, it kind of freaked us out a little bit, didn't
1: it, Frank? Yeah, and I'll just tell everyone a quick story, which actually ends up being <laughs> pretty funny. So they go in there, and I guess the guy belonged to Royal Port Rush. He played their golf there all the time, so they were going to have his little final ceremony uh, up in the upstairs, uh, uh, you know, uh, area of the clubhouse. You know, they were going to do that. Uh, so... Uh, the guy, they pull out the, uh, and I'm sitting there talking to the starter. And I'm going, wow. Does this thing? He said, yeah, people have their, their last, you know, they, they do their last little thing at their golf course and do the whole thing. I said, okay. So they, they opened the back of the hearse. And out of the back of the hearse, they they bring the, they they bring the casket out of the back of the hearse, and four guys carry it into the clubhouse and upstairs. Next thing you know, somebody comes in before they lower the back of the hearse, and they grab a urn. And I'm going, there's an urn there, and then there's a casket there, and I'm going. So I asked the starter. I said, well, there's an urn and there's a casket. I said. Who's in the urn? I said, well, the the golfers in, in in the urn, lad. And I said who's in the casket? He said, Oh, no one. There's golf clubs. They're going to bury them with them. They take the golf seriously here, lad. I went, you gotta be, I thought he was kidding me. He said, Oh no, no, it happens all the time. I went, Oh my God, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. So uh, it was, that, that was a good day. That was a good day at Royal Port. That was, that was a fun. great day. Yeah.
0: Boy, fun
1: deal. That's fun. If, hey, Take their golf seriously here, lad. <laughs>
0: if you ever have an opportunity to go to Ireland to play golf, you got to do it. Yep. Hey, Real quick, I'd like to talk a little bit about, so yesterday, about, like I mentioned, at about 1230, uh, walked down to the beach, and last night they had four astronauts that were going up into the uh, into space to go to the International Space Station. Uh, a good buddy of mine uh, is one of the security people out there. Uh, he was a uh, uh, my dad's partner, actually, in Chicago's son, who was a Chicago policeman. They retired from Chicago pretty early, about 32, 33 years old. Uh, came down here to West Palm, worked with the West Palm Police Department for a while, and then uh, got a call from SpaceX, and they said, "Hey, we're looking for a security guy to uh, run our our division over here. Uh, do you have any interest?" And he said, "Heck yeah! He, I mean, he lives down by me, and Cape Canaveral is about an hour and a half north, so he has quite a trip uh, every time that he has to go to work." Uh, and and he said, "Like Elon Musk is, he's he's like the Bill Belichick." Of of, uh, of of space travel, where he keeps his guys really busy. They have space launches constantly uh, here uh, in in South Florida, uh, uh, going off the Cape. I think they did 254 rockets already uh, uh, in the last year, and uh, last me. night, yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, they have one today again. It's at 1:45 p.m. Uh, another uh, rocket going up. I mean, they're putting satellites up, the Starlink system, all that kind of stuff. It's just amazing. Who else? We're who looking knows looking else?
1: Or are we looking for Chinese spy balloons? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, up there? who okay, knows go what ahead.
0: else they're putting, they're putting up there? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, you know, before astronauts, so he, he sent me a link. So we started watching it about two hours before where they have, you know, the play-by-play. I mean, it's a big deal down here, and you could get it on YouTube and, and check it out. That's where we checked it out, and yeah, you know, so there was four astronauts who went up: two guys from the United States, one guy from Russia, which I thought was interesting as we're going through all the strife with Russia. There's a Russian guy, although they have a big part of the International Space Station, so yes, uh, obviously he was going up there, and a guy from uh, UAE, the first time a guy from the United, Emirates, a Sultan Frank, who uh, went through the program, he earned his way on, uh, went through the program down in Houston. Uh, so they have the four guys, and they strap these guys in these seats, Frank, two and a half hours before they take off. I mean, in these seats, if you look at them, it's, it's, they don't look like they're the most comfortable things in the world. I mean, they're just kind of smashed into these things. Uh, and I asked them a couple of questions. I'm like, you know, so I'm watching on TV, uh, and, um, you know, uh, the, he said, that, listen, you know, the crazy thing is um, – is when you when you watch these things there there's a you see the astronauts right before they go into the capsule uh there's a phone there up on the top Mm -hmm. 700 feet up now that's how high the tower is that's how high the the rocket is it's 700 feet uh by the way uh they are building and just about done with a a new tower that they're building for the mission to mars which will be twice as big the mark rocket will be twice as big so the they obviously the uh, area that that stands up the rocket will be the tower will be twice as big, so it'll be 1400 foot tower. Good Lord that they shoot uh, this rocket off when they go to Mars here, which they're hoping to go here in the next couple of years. Uh, but there's a phone there, and Elon, this is interesting. It's Elon Musk, who uh, you know bought the company, obviously. He's a big time traditionalist, which I didn't know. He's like, you know, he's like, okay, listen, I don't want anything to change. So the phone up there is a landline phone, uh, and the buttons are the size of quarters on the phone. And I said, well, why are the buttons the size of quarters? Because when they have their gloves on, they're all strapped up, ready to go. They have the the, the gloves are so big that the numbers have to be big for them in order to dial out to who they're going to go talk to. So, you know, they call their families and they make their, 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 their last call before they go up to the space station, which this group will go up for six months. Uh, the interesting thing is when they come back down, uh, which is a whole other process, uh, which will be happening here uh, in a couple weeks uh, for the guys that are up there now. They've been up there since October. Uh, so uh, they uh, will um, uh, go up and they're up there till August. And uh, it was interesting because one of the guys said, "Yeah, when I come back up, it'll be football season again. So he's all excited about that. One of the astronauts, who's a big football fan, was talking about, you know, I'm going up to the space station. When I come back down to Earth, I'll be able to watch football again. So that's how long they'll be up there. Uh, And I asked the guys, and I was texting the security guy, my buddy, during the process because he was watching it on the TV, too, as he was kind of in the security area. I said, why do they have the patches on backwards on the astronauts? You know, the, the, the patch for the, United, the, the, the flag is, faces the other way. And, um, and he said, well, the reason why they do that, and, and I know we have some military people that listen, and I, and I believe this is right. Now, maybe I'm not getting it exactly right, but they put the flag on backwards because America never runs from a fight. So I thought that was interesting that the flag is on backwards. So the four guys go up. They'll be up uh, until August. Now the crazy thing is, so we walk down to the beach, and it's obviously very, very dark down there. And all of a sudden, three, two, one, you see this red glow, and uh, a this rocket goes up, and there is probably uh, the 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 exhaust from the fire that comes out of the rocket. Uh, as it's starting to go up, it gets bigger and bigger, and it's just amazing to see. As it lit up. It felt like it was almost daytime on the beach here in Jensen Beach, which is about 100 miles away from Port Canaveral. But it, it lit it up that much, where it looked like it was almost like dusk. And um, they go at 70 percent thrust, which I think is interesting to take off. Now the rocket that goes off today, which will be like a Starlink rocket to put a satellite up. If it doesn't have what they call sensitive materials, which is human beings, right? <laughs> sensitive materials. That's
1: good. I'm glad they yeah. designate that between hardware and sensitive yeah. materials. Yeah. Okay. And,
0: that's, <laughs> and, and I thought it was funny. I mean, that, that's the way these people kind of communicate. Well, the sensitive material, they only do a 70% thrust uh, to take off because, obviously, uh, the human body can only take so many Gs. And, and they, even with all the different stuff they have, you know, they don't want to take any chances. Oh, oh! by the way, they're sitting on 1 million gallons of fuel, or 1 million pounds of fuel. Wow. That's what they're sitting on, 1 million pounds of fuel, which costs $900,000 to fill up. So you think you have an issue with taking <laughs> off, and, you're in, and they burn this all up in about 10 minutes, all right? Then the fuel is gone. So about a $1 million worth of fuel in 10 minutes gone. But uh, so uh, they go up at 70% thrust. So watching it go up, it looked like it was in slow motion, Frank. And then because if you watch Yelda, you watch a rocket go up, they go at 105% thrust, which is they'll go until the thing almost shatters. I mean, that's how fast they want to get that thing up because they're not worried about, you know, losing their life or the sensitive materials. So those things really shoot up fast compared to this thing. I think it was in slow motion. And, and, and I asked him, I said, well, you know, what is this, this rocket? What is the, the capsule made of? And he said, you know, like our friends from Continental Siding, right? Continental Siding. Yeah. You know, uh, call now, <laughs> our good buddy, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, he put the siding on. He said, the insulation that you put on the house before you put the siding on is what that capsule is made of. you got to be kidding me. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more technical.
1: Well, there's technical. protective stuff to it, too.
0: Yeah, but that's what it is. I mean, he said when you feel it, it's like how the hell is this thing going to make it through this space flight and go through the atmosphere, the atmosphere and reentry yeah. and all those kind of things. And uh, it's just amazing, these, these guys. But they strapped him in two and a half hours early, and uh, it, it was amazing to watch. Uh, the whole thing, you know, probably we see, you could see it for about five or six minutes uh, watching it go up, and then it looks like a star-slash-satellite zipping across the sky, and then eventually it disappears. But really interesting uh, um, uh, deal last night, watching four astronauts. Now, Frank, my question for you is.
1: Oh, boy. Don't make it about math, whatever you do.
0: No, no, it won't (laughs) be about math. It won't be an engineering question. Uh, Elon Musk calls over to 810 and says, I've heard Frank Boll on the radio. I think he's a great guy. He's in great shape. The guy walks miles every day, climbs mountains. We'd love to get a guy his age at 75, 75 years young, to go up into space, would you go?
1: Oh, I'd do it in a heartbeat, sure. What do I have to lose Tim? him? I'm near death anyway, so what you, I mean I might as well get one more thrill in my life, right?
0: So are you saying are you saying that uh, when uh, uh, you know and, and hopefully this isn't for a long long time, but uh, are you saying that you want to uh, have the ceremony at Heritage? Is that what you want to do? That that's,
1: or, uh, that's exactly right. We'll take it out into the green room and Heritage, and uh, <laughs> you know I'll be the ashes, and my clubs will you know go somewhere else. <laughs> so yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, you can spread me in space too. I don't. Care. You want to spread me on Mars go ahead that'd be great I just think it'd be awesome but the, the thing about the astronauts and they're tremendously intelligent guys and they're in great physical condition they're all fighter pilots a lot of them are or they're engineers or they're bio engineers or whatever they are but the to me the original astronauts were the guys I mean yeah. when they strapped themselves into that seat you're talking about they had no idea whether or not they were coming back or not they had no the first landing on the moon those guys in the even the even the engineers and the and the guys at cape canaveral in in those days just went you know wait you know what we just don't know uh you know we're gonna get you up there and your chances are pretty good of going up and landing and coming back but hey i can't give you 100 percent guarantee that's gonna happen so those guys to me were you know, the John Glenns of the world and Wally Shiraz and all of those guys, they to me were they were unbelievable, unbelievable to open space to, the, you know, open space travel to human beings uh, from the United States. I think that's what was great. So. Pretty cool deal, yeah. man. That's pretty cool to be able to see something like that. The only yeah, thing I've was... ever seen in, in Florida late at night like that are the turtles migrating out of the ocean to go lay their eggs and then mm-hmm. go back in the ocean after they're done. That's the only thing I've ever seen take off from the uh, from Florida beach, okay? So.
0: Uh, well, get, we we got to get you down here so you can check it out because, man, there's another one today. It's just amazing how they turn that stuff around. All right, Frank, well, real quickly, I guess we should go into a little bit of Kansas City Chiefs. An interesting survey was uh, given to the players uh, in the last week of the season. Uh, each team was given a survey to uh, look at different areas that uh, uh, that they deal with the organization uh, and uh, were graded on that. Uh, I, I believe the Minnesota Vikings were number one the Miami Dolphins were number two. the Kansas City Chiefs Frank were 29 of 32. Uh, the world champions, the, uh, uh, the Super Bowl <laughs> champions, um, the facilities, according to the players, and uh, certain aspects of the organization, was ranked 29 of 32. And you have an interesting theory, and I'll let you get into it in a second, but I'll just give you guys real quick the rundown of this, um, of, of this uh, survey. Uh, food service was number one. Uh, no, actually, excuse me, family treatment was number one. Um, and they gave them a B, which is tied for 12. Uh, the main reason why they were graded down is because they don't offer daycare options for players' kids during the game, uh, which some organizations, I guess, do, where, you know, if your wife brings your kids, uh, you know, you give them an opportunity to go to a daycare so you don't have to, you know, corral your young kids and just watch the game. Now, remember, all this stuff is uh, unbelievable, in my mind's eye, because of stuff we had compared to what they have now, which you're going to talk about here in a second, which is <laughs> it's crazy. But So the Chiefs were got a B on that, which was the highest-grade food service, with a D-plus, which was ranked 18th. While the Chiefs provide all three meals, only half the players believe there's enough room in the cafeteria, which I think is a pretty big cafeteria. Now, remember, when we were there, we, we ate in a hallway. So that's... Uh, was not exactly uh, the best place to eat. Uh, the food quality was ranked 15th in the league, so the food wasn't bad, but they didn't like the, the surroundings of the cafeteria. The weight room got a C C+. Um, their uh, strength conditioning coaches got an A-, minus, which was the highest grade that uh, the Chiefs gave to a personnel department. Uh, the whole league thinks that they're getting really good support with strength conditioning coaches, and I agree with that. Strength conditioning coaches are doing a great job in the NFL. I mean, that, it's amazing yeah. to see the shape these and, guys. And,
1: right. and, yeah, and the other thing it looks like, that A-minus was tied for 17th, so I think the players from around the league from other teams – remember, the Chiefs players are just voting for their own team. Every right. team is voting for their A-minus was tied for 17th. That means there's a lot of A's and A-minuses up at top, so a lot of the NFL players believe they're getting – uh, you know, great treatment from their strength – or great uh, help from their strength coaches.
0: Now, they, they were, they're were they upset about the, the size and the equipment that are is in the weight room. Right. Which I could see that because that weight room was built when I was there. Um, it was built, I believe, in 1991. Now I'm sure they did some improvements to that. Uh, but you're going to talk about it, which is interesting. I, something I didn't think about. So, hang in there, guys, because Frank has a really good theory of why the Chiefs and why the NFL – uh, is a little bit lacking with some of this stuff as far as uh, grade-wise, uh, but uh, the outdated gear, the training room, which is very interesting because uh, you hear a lot of great things about the trainers, uh, but I guess the players, for one reason or another, graded guys now, While the training room includes a large, uh, large enough steam room and sauna, according to ninety-one percent of the players, uh, they feel there's not uh, not enough hot tubs and cold tubs are big enough. Seventy-seven uh, percent of the players are the Chiefs. Uh, do not have uh, enough certified trainers. They want more. They want more physical therapists. Uh, So the the ranking that they gave their training room and the facilities and the the people there was a uh, D+, which was fourth worst in the league. Uh, The locker room, referring to the facility room, which the Chiefs used during the week, Uh, They only use Arrowhead's recently renovated locker room on game days. Now, remember when I was there, we dressed in Arrowhead in our game locker. So there you go. Uh, Now they have their own locker room down at the facility uh, where they practice that, and they're not real happy with that with a D B-minus, which was tied for 28. Uh, They said that they'd rather have uh, some chairs that they can lounge in uh, other than stools. Um, so, we had stools there. The stools are uncomfortable. I'll give them that. Uh, but uh, that was one of the things. I just don't think that uh, the, the uh, locker room – and remember, now, the locker room is like their living room. They spend a lot of time in that locker room, uh, you know, doing different things. And you're there from 7 o'clock in the morning until 7 o'clock at night a lot of times. And that's, that's where you kind of hang out. You don't have an office. You have a locker. And uh, so, if the locker room is crappy. It's mixed for a bad experience. The last one is team travel, Frank, which is an F, which is unbelievable. <laughs> Only 59% of the players felt they had enough room to spread out. Uh, some reported very few uh, first-class seats on the charter, which, the, you know, the Chiefs take the players, in, in and in, so for anybody who's never been on a plane, they have a like a 7, I think it's 747, maybe a 757. I don't know these planes like that. But so the, the, the coaches – and the uh, administrative people, front office, and the owners, obviously, they sit up in first class. All right, and right behind first class um, is uh, you know it's not like a business class; it's a three and three type of deal, or sometimes it's two, three, two. Uh, it's where they put uh, we used to call it the driftwood. You know, got <laughs> the people that yeah. uh, sponsors, right? Uh, media people. Uh, I
1: used to be uh, the media people. Now they only bring the Chiefs media.
0: Yeah, guys, yeah, they they're, yeah.
1: they're photographers and all that sort of stuff. Video guys, all that crap.
0: Right. So, like all those kind of people, uh, marketing people, um, uh, PR people. That's you know that they sit there, and then the players sit in the way, way back. And they're they're, they're, they're uh, they they close the drapes and they put those guys back there, and nobody is allowed to go back there other than the coaches. Uh, so uh, they're in the way back. So I don't know why they're complaining about first class. Although we, when I was playing, Marty had a rule that the veteran guys sat in first class and the coaches sat in coach. Uh, So, you know, from year six to year 11, uh, I sat in first class, uh, which wasn't unbelievable first class because it wasn't as nice as the players they have now, but at least it was first class. So there was a lot of complaining about that. But the Chiefs overall in all these different areas ranked uh twenty eighth or twenty out of thirty two, Frank. And you have a theory on why you think uh, these players are not real happy with a lot of the facilities yeah right and
1: and I will give you I will read you the overview of all those things you just talked about. It's a paragraph or two i'll read that in a second but I think a lot of these these players are coming from major college football programs like your Alabama's and Tennessees and Penn states and you know uh, uh, you know Georgia even even the University of Missouri uh, and you've got the University of Kansas is now really uh, in enhancing their facilities as well, their off-field facilities and places where the, the players can go and hang out in their lounges and the amenities and how big their lockers are and all that sort of stuff. They're coming for these major colleges where that is their recruiting tool at the major colleges. Your problem going to pros is they got you, <laughs> okay? I drafted you. You're playing for us. You're with us now through your rookie contract, and you're stuck. Uh, so they don't – The the NFL teams aren't that – uh, uh, concerned about making these things Taj Mahal's for their players. They'd rather spend their money on Patrick Mahomes' new contract, okay, type situation. And here's the other way I look at it. Okay, If you're a free agent out there and you're saying, wow, I don't know if I want to go Chiefs or not, their amenities are 29th. Now, don't even think about that, Tim. The only thing they think about is is playing for a team that's won a couple of Super Bowls lately and they have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So, I think they'll suffer through the amenities that they have at Arrowhead in order to play with him. Now, some of the other teams might not be in that kind of position, but there will now be an arms war about this. And here's the overview of the Chiefs. Chiefs are ranked 29th. In general results, the facility feels outdated and the players would like to see upgrades across the board. Only 56 of the respondents believe that the club owner Clark Hunt is willing to invest the money to upgrade the facility, ranking him 27th in the owner category. Players' responses, uh, responses showed the treatment of players also far as falls well below other clubs across the NFL. For the example, the Chiefs are one of just six teams that still make certain players have roommates, and less than 50% of players feel they have enough room to be comfortable on flights. Feedback on the training room was also notable. Players respondents called for a welcoming environment, and several players had negative opinions about head trainer Rick Burkholder, feeling he does not treat players fairly and consistently, or with personal
0: care. Um, So there. I will tell you you that uh, the two guys that I had working when I was there, Dave Kendall and Bud Epps, were unbelievable. Now, I don't know Mr. Burkholder, and I've heard a lot of great things about him, so this is not disparaging on him. Uh, Obviously, the players, for one reason or another, are not too happy with him. But I will tell you that if that uh, was uh, given to us, uh, Dave Kendall and Bud Epps would have got mazed. Yeah. They were awesome they They were absolutely awesome. um I loved going in there and I, well i didn't love going in there, but I knew I had to go in there and because I felt cared for uh that was uh really a, a good spot for me to be in frank it's uh it is amazing uh but i I will tell you this it's interesting you brought up that you know free agency, whether it'll be affected or not by this arms war slash recruiting slash the amenities that we see in college. And it's not as prevalent in the NFL. You're exactly right. It's really about getting paid. Now, guys want comfortable stuff. They want good stuff. But it's really about being paid. You're exactly right. Yeah. But I will say this. Being down here in in South Florida now for the last month and a half, you know, you watch the local news and the sports comes on. And this story was, was a lead yesterday here in South Florida. Because Miami Dolphins are ranked second. Yeah, right. And and so uh, the I mean, when I say lead, I'm talking about the lead story yeah, on the uh, news. Period on the news. <laughs> yeah. And because they believe that because the Miami Dolphins have spent a bunch of money uh, on the facilities, and because. Uh, uh, of different aspects of this of this study, that they are going to be able to uh, get the best free agents, and I don't know if I'd buy that either. I, I agree with you, they, guys. Yeah, listen, guys want to be comfortable, and guys want nice facilities and they want the amenities, but they want to win and they want to get paid. So they, I mean, that's basically what it's about. So, um, listen, back in the old days when you went to Baltimore in the old Memorial Stadium or you went to Cleveland, uh,
1: how about, how about to-
0: Oakland? In Oakland, <laughs> guys. I mean, these. I, you know, I don't think these players would uh, would last five minutes in any of those kind no. of facilities. No, they, they really wouldn't. don't.
1: And I think all free agent free agents are looking for. Well, number one, they're looking for money. But uh, number two, is they're looking for a head coach and a quarterback. And right. the Chiefs got both. And you can talk about Rick Burkholder all you want. He got uh, Patrick Mahomes back out in the second half when he had the high ankle sprain originally, and he had him ready to go in the Super Bowl. And, it's, and don't forget it's all, about Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey, too, yeah. But you can see where other guys, maybe like a McCall Hardman, maybe complaining a little bit, sending him back too soon, or whatever the situation is. But, uh, you know, they're they they, they they're doing what they, they think is right, and they've won two Super Bowls in the last four years. So I think they're doing everything just fine. So, all right, hey, we you. better take a break, buddy. Yeah, let's take a break here. I want
0: to thank our great friend CBD America, Sean. Remember, 30% off right now all products, all stores. Pop on in there, get some topicals, get some uh, water solubles, get some gummies, all kinds of great stuff down there. Uh, When we get back here, talk a little bit about the Combine that's going on right now, Frank, and I'll give you my experience in the Combine and what the Chiefs are looking for. You're listening to Crunch Time. All right, guys, welcome back to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunard and Frank Bowen. The NFL offseason starting in full swing this week with the NFL Combine, which is the first kind of step in the offseason as the NFL kind of wraps up the season with the Super Bowl, and then the next thing you know, you have the combine and uh, getting ready for the draft, which will be in Kansas City this year, and at the end of this segment, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that are going to be going on uh, during the draft week in Kansas City. There is a ton of stuff, so we'll talk about some of the stuff we'll be involved with, but I'll talk a little bit about the uh, combine as I did the combine in nineteen, like, I guess it was nineteen eighty nine. Oh, um, Lord, 1990. you're old. Nineteen ninety, I know. Nineteen ninety, <laughs> um, uh, uh, which was interesting because I was in South Bend and just drove on down to Indianapolis and uh, got in the hotel and checked in and you know had two other roommates in a one uh, uh, one room, uh, two beds, three people, so somebody had a cot. And we flipped the coin, who slipped on the cot, and they guy to didn't lose the coin flip. So I got a bed. Uh, but, yeah, they put three guys in a room. I'm not sure if they still do it that way, but that's the way they did it then. Uh, I can't remember the guys' names, but there's one guy from Syracuse and I think one guy from North Carolina State uh, that was in the room with me. I can't remember their names. Obviously, uh, neither
1: yeah. one made the NFL.
0: <laughs> I don't think either one did. Okay. I, 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 don't think, I don't think I was one of the uh, top invites either, Frank. So maybe that's why I was a three-man in a three-person in a two-man room.
1: All the quarterbacks got their own rooms, Tim.
0: (laughs) You ain't kidding. All right, so uh, for everybody out there, so when you get there, uh, the first thing you do is obviously you have a drug screening. They test you uh, for steroids and for street drugs, so that's number one. And then they do a physical and injury evaluation. And this isn't just one doctor you see. You go in a line to every team, and every team – has a station, it's like being at the golf show, and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all have their own little uh, uh, little area uh, that you go to, and you go in there, and they have their doctors and their trainers, and they look at you, they poke and they prod you, and they do all those kind of things. You know, some, te- pe- some teams take more time than others, which is an indication whether they're interested in you. If you walk in and. They say, hello, nice to meet you, and we'll see you later. Then you know they're probably not interested in you. But uh, you have to go to all 32 teams. So that's uh, so the physicals and the injury evaluation. Uh, and then after that, you sit down and you do what we call a Cybex test, which I don't understand why they still do that. Because for, for you guys out there, Cybex is basically you're trying to test your quad and knee and leg strength. And you sit in this machine, you got to kick as hard as you can like 10 times, and it goes in this computer and it measures the strength and flexibility and muscle mass and all those kind of things. Uh, I don't understand why they do that still, but they, they do do that. So Probably that
1: worried was, about knee injuries, I'm assuming.
0: Absolutely. So really the first day is about the physical uh, part of it uh, as far as physical uh, evaluations, injury evaluations, drug screening, uh, Cybex tests. And then you take the wonderlick test, which is a test to just check your cognitive abilities. It's not really hard. It's just kind of, a little bit of brain teasers, some word problems, those kind of things. Uh, if, if anybody can go online, if you want to check it out and take the one-to-lick test, usually the quarterbacks are number one, and then, believe it or not, the offensive line is number two, with the centers. And I think I did pretty good on my one-to-lick test. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I got, but it was in the uh, top uh, five or ten percent, which which was good. And then uh, after you're done with the with those things, then you have uh, obviously the on field. Uh, evaluations, which starts with 40 yard dash, bench press of 225 as many times as you can do it. You got the vertical jump, you got the broad jump, you got the 20 yard shuttle, you got three cone drill, uh, 60 yard shuttle, and then when you're done with those those tests, those speed and agility and explosion tests, uh, then you go to your position coaches. And I was lucky; I had Howard Mudd from the Kansas City Chiefs, who so uh, ended up being my offensive line coach, who built a nice rapport. Uh, we were able to visit with him for a couple of days, and I think that helped me with my draft process. Uh, and then when you're done with all that, you have uh, basically the last thing you do is interviews with each team, which is about, oh, about a 60, no, it's about 15 minutes, a uh, 15-minute interview uh, that, you, uh, um, that you go in and you talk to the coaches. You, basically, who's in there is the GM, uh, the head of scouting, so it was Carl Peterson and Whitey Duvall. You guys remember Whitey Duvall?
1: Yeah, God rest his soul.
0: Yeah, great guy. And then uh, Joe Pendry, the offensive coordinator. Uh, uh, um, Howard, Howard Mudd, my offensive line coach, is in there. And Kurt Schottenheimer was in there, which uh, obviously Marty was the head coach, so Marty was in there. But Kurt was in there, and, which was cool because, remember, Kurt was my, one of my coaches my freshman year at Notre Dame. So I got to know Kurt at Notre Dame and kind of built a relationship with him. So it was a little bit at ease. So that, I went in for an interview with them, uh, but once again, I, I told this story before. Kansas City Chiefs really didn't show a lot of interest in me until draft day. I did go through the interview process, but you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Washington uh, Commanders, Commandos, or whatever the hell they are now, Commanders, uh, um, and um, the like San that. Francisco, yeah, the San Francisco Forty uh all flew me out to their facilities to work me out and kind of meet with me and. Uh, but the Chiefs had showed no interest, but that, that's just kind of the way the draft is. Next thing you know, you're drafted in the second round. So uh, an important uh, time for the free agents, uh, for, I mean, excuse me, for the uh, college football players that are going to go in the draft, uh, and an important time for the teams to evaluate that and get their, their draft boards ready from going through the Combine. So I know you've been out. you probably covered a couple Combines too, haven't you?
1: No, I have not. I, I did not go to Indy, did not cover the Combine, did not do it. Mm. Nope. So, yeah, but Because it's, you it's, never it's, know that the GMs and everybody else there are playing games, you know, they're just like they didn't talk to you or seem very interested in you. So whenever you talk to another team, they might have come and say, hey, did the Chiefs show any interest? Nah, they didn't, because the Chiefs were drafting around them somewhere. So that team might might have wanted you. And if they knew the Chiefs showed interest, then they might have, you know, altered their draft somehow or some way, now the GMs play it. Yeah, now we're not interested in that guy or we don't care about that guy or whatever. And basically they are, and they just try, they're just, uh, you know, they're hiding your hand.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and uh, so the combine can help you or hurt you. You know, a prime example was uh, uh, Terrell Suggs in 2023 who ended up having a very, very nice uh, NFL uh, career. Uh, was going to be a first round draft choice. Went to the combine and ran a four eight three forty. And uh, you know, for for his position and what they expected him to run, I think they expected him to run a four 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 five. And uh, you know, he dropped significantly in the draft. I believe he was drafted by Baltimore, and ended up having a great career and being a stack leader for many times. So, you know, there's some pros and cons to going to the combine. A lot of guys don't go. Now, a lot of guys won't go and work out. They'll go and just meet. Uh, with the coaches, and they'll go to meetings, and they'll take the wonderland test and do the physical tests as far as, you know, checking shoulders and knees and all this kind of thing. A lot of them won't throw, won't go to position, won't run. Uh, So there's a school of thought that you don't want to do that because if you do have a bad day, you're losing millions of dollars. Yeah, but what if,
1: okay, so you don't do that at the Combine. Then you have, you're on campus, right? You have to do it for them eventually. Okay, you yep. got to run for them eventually, right? You got to do your 40, you got to do your shuttle drills. So now the schools are setting it up on campus. What, what is the difference between doing it to combine or going and waiting until you're on campus?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's psychological, Frank. Um, I think because, you know, listen, you're comfortable. Let's say you're a University of Kansas football player and you have your pro day, uh, and you're good enough where you decide, hey, listen, I'm not going to do any of the testing on the field at the combine in Indianapolis. Uh, just because, listen, you're not comfortable with, with the surroundings. You're not comfortable with the people that are training you. Uh, you know, it's, it's somebody that you've never met, uh, taking instructions, um, you know, just nerves. Uh, just, you know, why put yourself in a, in a position uh, where you may not perform uh, because you're mentally not prepared uh, uh, in Indianapolis when they come, let's say they go to the University of Kansas, and your strength conditioning coach is the guy who's basically running it. Uh, so you know the voice, you feel comfortable with the person, and you feel like you can give your best effort and your in your best foot forward. If you do it now, I'm not saying that's good or bad or indifferent. I'm just saying that's what a lot of these guys think. So uh, you know they feel more comfortable uh, in their home surroundings and they feel like they could perform better. So they do it at their pro days instead of doing it uh, at the combine. I will say this: the combine is a very very stressful, uh, nerve wracking uh, uh, place. I mean, you know. Many many eyes on you. Anyone, all the assistant coaches, all the head coaches, all the scouts, all the GMs. I mean, you feel like a piece of meat. I mean, you, like, you do I mean, you prayed it out there at one point. You, you know, you're, you're in your skivvies and you walk out on a stage and you basically you feel like you're you know being you know looked at as far as you know they want to see your body type, what yep. you look like, what, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's a weird experience. It really is. You yeah. feel like a piece of meat as you go out there. <clears throat> well, which so. you
1: found out you basically are. For yeah. all practical purposes. Okay, yeah, they're absolutely. gonna they're gonna grind you up and throw you out, pal. That's all that's so that move on. That all leads to the
0: draft rank and uh, the draft obviously in Kansas City this year. Do have a couple announcements you'd like to talk about right. real quick. Right. Let's
1: uh, let's take a break. Okay. Let's take a quick break and then we'll do we'll do that and we'll we'll finish up uh, the program with all the draft week parties and all the stuff we're gonna be involved in and all that sort of stuff. How's that sound?
0: That sounds
1: great. All right. We want to thank our great sponsors, CBD American Shaman, our great sponsors. And uh, they're going to be very involved in what's going to be happening during draft week here in Kansas City, which is really exciting. New airports open. Everything's rocking and rolling here in Kansas City. So it's going to be great to see. You're listening to
0: Crunch Time. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunner and Frank Ball, And as we all know, we want to thank our great sponsors, CBD American Shaman. Who was going to be a big player in the NFL draft week in Kansas City, as I always are, against city events? We'll talk about one of their events coming up on uh, Saturday of the draft uh, here in a minute, but I do want to talk about some other events that are going on. I know A10WHB is uh, getting together with local flavor kc 23com Localflavorkc23.com, which is a big time draft party which starts on Wednesday night which I'll be there from 3 to 5 doing a book signing, at the old Firestone building, Frank, right next to Union Station.
1: Yes, I I know where that is, yes.
0: It's going to be a great event. Uh, There'll be a lot of people there, uh, a lot of uh, different uh, great foods, food stations, all kinds of uh, top-shelf drinks, uh, VIP experience. Uh, It's going from Wednesday through, I believe, Friday or Saturday. Uh, I know through Friday because I'll be there again on Friday. I'm not sure if it's on Saturday or not. I'll have to check on that. But uh, I'll be there on Wednesday between 3 and 5. If you want to come down the old Firestone building, just go to localflavorkc23.com. Get yourself a VIP ticket. Uh, I'll be uh, signing books there uh, from 3 to 5. Uh, and then Thursday, Frank, uh, i got a couple different events. But the big event I'm going to that I'm really excited about is the Big Brothers Big Sisters Draft Party they're having Uh, right down at their facility, which is right down pretty close to Power & Light. Big Brothers, Big Sisters, a great organization in Kansas City. been very involved with that, Sarah and I. And uh, we'll be going down to that event on Thursday before the draft. Uh, During the draft, uh, I'm looking for a couple different things, a couple different options are up. But I kind of like to sit back and watch the first round at home. So um, I may just say, hey, listen, that's my one night where I'm just going to kind of chill. Um, uh, so we have the Big Brothers Big Sisters thing on Thursday. If you want to get involved with that, go to BigBrothersBigSisters.com. I think there's some stuff on the website there you can check out about going to that draft party. If you want to get involved, it's great people. I want to thank our great friend um, uh, Michael uh, Lawrence, who uh, does such a wonderful job in the CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters. And then Friday, once again, I'll be at the uh, local KC23.com uh, event from uh, 5 to 6 on Friday. Uh, as the draft starts to kick back in uh, on Friday night, which they go from, I believe, the second round and the third round. It, I think that's it. Second and third round. First round, round Thursday,
1: night. then second and third on Friday, I think, then the rest on Saturday.
0: Right. So uh, we'll be there. And then uh, the big one that you guys really have got to, and we're going to get more information on this, but uh, America Shaman, CBD America Shaman, uh, uh, is putting on a concert. And uh, if you want to hobnob and be around, the most NFL players, guys who played to the NFL, everybody from the Ambassadors to the NFL alumni, uh, from Christian Okoye to Steve DeBerg, Dan Selyamua, uh you name it, all the guys, the local guys, Keith Cash, all those guys, Dron Cherry, I'm sure will be there. And it's at Harris Voodoo Lounge, and it starts, at I believe, at uh, 5 p.m. Uh, there will be more information coming out. Uh, we will get to you the guys the website. Look at my Twitter at Grunny61 and Frank's Twitter. I know, Frank, you'll be involved with this, too, because CBD America Shound is involved. You will. I know that you are a a big part of that organization and stuff they do. But uh, the the cool thing is it's a concert. Uh, So right now, the headliner is Uncle Cracker.
1: Oh, my Uh, gosh.
0: It's going to be great. Yeah, Uncle Cracker will uh, be the headliner. (laughs) Uh, Before Uncle Cracker goes on, uh, and and Frank, you may have to help me with this this name. Good luck. You are hip on a lot of this stuff, but I believe his name is CeeLo Green.
1: CeeLo Green, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: CeeLo Green will be there, and that he's the one who, I want to forget you. That's it. But he says something different, <laughs> you know. Uh, but he, uh, I was listening to some of his music on the beach, and it's oh, really good. gosh. <laughs> it's really good. So those two will definitely be there, and I think they're trying to add one more act. No, That's cool. Uh, so that, that'll be there. I, I think that starts. Uh, around five or six, and it goes till about uh, 10 p.m. Uh, and then, of course, you know there's going to be top top shelf liquor, uh, top shelf drinks, uh, all kinds of food. Uh, there'll be uh, opportunities for VIP sponsorships, and I think if you buy a VIP ticket, you can get there an hour early. And uh, we're we're planning on get trying some to get thirty. 30 NFL guys, uh, that, 30 that's
1: cool. players. Uh, that's cool, yeah. So, so don't forget, our- okay, Tim's giving you all this info. LocalFlavorKC.com, that's for some of those parties. Uh, then the Big Brothers Big Sisters Draft Party on Thursday. Tim, you'll be 3 to 5 on Wednesday and 5 to 6 on Friday. Uh, LocalFlavorKC.com at the old Firestone building. And then the CBD American Shaman Concert, NFL Alumni, Harris Voodoo Lounge, Uncle Cracker and CeeLo Green. All that stuff is coming up. Uh, for the draft coming up here in Kansas City, which is a really exciting time. Right, Tim?
0: That's right. And
1: Uh, it's localflavorkc23.com. Oh, localflavorkc23.com. localflavorkc23.com. Get your tickets early. You're listening to Crunch Time.